Cinema. Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Par the Collector. What's up, everybody? And you gave me Money Talks. This is like, you know, uh, I don't remember who the actor was we were talking about the other day, but they had like their year, like where just like everything they did in that year was just a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom already had one. Yeah. You know, and uh, Jim Carrey had one in like 94, 95, whatever it was. He did right. Batman, Liar, Liar, and uh, Dumb and Dumber shit. Yeah. Or no, it was The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and then Batman. Yeah, they all came out in the same year. It was yeah. crazy. Like every now and then you'll get an actor that hits the trifecta, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's what Chris Tucker was in 97. He mm-hmm. did Rush Hour, he did Jackie Brown, and he did Money Talks. Yeah. Three best movies he's ever done. <laughs> like, in my opinion. I, uh... The Presidents is hard, too, but... This came out in 1997, and, and I think I saw this when I was younger, but I don't remember it, but I do remember, like, parts of it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is the first time I've seen it, because I'm just remembering it. I it had been a while for me too, um, and I I remember like you know Chris Tucker obviously carries this fucking movie on his back, but uh, I've really underestimated how bad Charlie Sheen is in it. Like <laughs> his fucking dialogue is hard to watch now. Kendra and I were talking about this. She looks at me in the middle of this movie. She's like, "Was this his first fucking movie?" She's like, like "I thought Charlie Sheen was good." <laughs> I was like, this is not his best work. Like, I mean, I was saying, and then she asked me, like, what are some of his good movies? And I was hard pressed, like Platoon. Yeah, nothing that he's the main star. Yeah, like it's tough to think about. Right. Um, hot shots. Mm. <laughs> you don't like hot shots? I mean, it's okay for a spoof. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Uh, works okay, but um, I mean, he's got Emilio there to help him out. I think one of his best is Wall Street. I yeah. love Wall Street. That's probably my favorite too. Right. Um. But, like, outside of that, he hasn't done a whole, I mean, two and a half men, but that's uh, whatever. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like he's not that type of, like, I know he's starred in many movies, but, mm-hmm. like, I just feel like he's not good enough to carry anything. No, him. and this movie really shows it. Right. Like He had a couple good zingers, like, one or two. Like, I love when him and they're arguing at the car show. Like, we'll get into it when we get into it. But uh, he's got a couple good lines and shit, but. Yeah, I was just thinking like, damn, man, like what happened to you, bro? And it wasn't even him. It was like Chris Chris Tucker was like struggling to find that chemistry between them. So he was just going full 11. It almost felt like I was just like, damn, how much did they pay? Did they have to pay Charlie Sheen extra? Because Chris Tucker shits on him. Yeah. Like verbally, like like a verbal assault. He hits him with so many one-liners. I mean, they're fucking hilarious. But you had to wonder, like, if it was personal at that point. Like, (laughs) like, I didn't want you. They just said, fuck it. We're going to give you a white boy. And I got stuck with you. Like, (laughs) Well, we were talking before the episode that I just watched that movie, Angel Heart. Mm -hmm. And it has uh, Robert De Niro and fucking Mickey Rourke. Mm -hmm. That movie is the reason they hate each other. That makes sense. So uh, it's probably the same thing here. (laughs) I don't know if they hate each other. I mean, that's the weird thing. Like. I mean, it wouldn't be, like, a shocking thing to find out afterwards. Like, oh, yeah, they really don't fuck with each other. It's like, yeah, you can tell. Oh, yeah, like, they definitely weren't hanging out on set and shit. Like, let's get a beer, man. Like, but uh, it's just, it, I think it's so funny because it's him in his heyday. Like, he's at the height of his powers in this one. Like I said, this is Chris Tucker turned up to 11. And I w- there's not a lot of fun facts, but the one fun fact that I did find interesting is the the director, the original director of this movie, had uh, creative control differences with uh, Chris Tucker. Mm-hmm. And so he quit. 
and they just gave Chris Tucker full reins on the movie to yeah, let him do whatever the, the fuck he wanted to do. It says on there, biggest fuck, executive producer, Chris Tucker. Yeah. Um, but it's like he turned on the camera and just kind of let himself go yeah, just and didn't know it. when to stop. So he'd like, there's so much in here. Yeah. I I just like, there's little ones I've picked up on last night that I hadn't heard before. Mm-hmm. Like when, the, uh, when he calls the bomb threaded uh, and they're in the phone booth and he's like, five. Four, you know, he counts down, and all the people are running out, and there's like a chicken uh, right before you see the the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It, there's a, it's, damn, she got a fat ass. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> so this movie is Chris Tucker is a what a, is he? He's, he's, a, a, he's a, a hustler. hustler. Yeah. yeah, okay. He's a uh, hustling at a car wash that he works at also, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets. I'm guessing he like moves fences stolen shit and he's a ticket scalper and he owes the mob 25 grand because of vig the the greatest i just love the opening first of all i'm a huge barry white fan and it opens with him in this badass bins just singing the shit out of the song and it's like oh man this guy's killing it in life like i'd be that happy too and then he pulls into the car wash and then the dude's sitting like on a shoe shot spot and he's like he's like you said you were gonna wash it not take it for a fucking joyride i've been looking for you (laughs) thank god i found you man he goes well i get the fuck out of here (laughs) but then charlie sheen comes up he's a uh yeah i just like i forgot that he's like just a fucking snitch yeah 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 this movie like (laughs) you caused everything like you were the reason this guy's life went to shit just because you could get it, so you could get a story. It really is like I, I. That was another thing when I was watching last night. I was just like, the premise of this movie is so fucking unbelievable. A hundred percent. And this came out in nineteen ninety seven, and yeah. this is like the tail end of that like buddy cop, right? Yeah. Late eighties, early nineties thing that everyone was cashing in on, and this did not work for me. I mean, Chris Tucker's funny. I mean, right. he's always funny. We've been talking about him for the past like five episodes, so. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he does well enough and he has so many like memorable things that he says in this movie that like, that's why this movie's so good. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the best, you know, it could have been like, I sat there last night and I thought to myself, like, I tried to name like five guys that would have been better. That would have made this movie better if he would have actually had anybody to throw shit off on. Yeah. Let's take out Charlie Sheen. Who do we replace? Because, uh, um, like, I know that he wasn't a big-time actor in 95, but I feel like Mark Wahlberg would have killed that shit. Yeah. Not as a fucking reporter, but they could have found something cooler for him to be. Yeah, because whatever. Mark Wahlberg won't match his energy, but it'll match his, like, the comebacks. Banter. The yeah, banter, the banter, exactly. yeah. And he's a badass on his own, so it's like, you know, it, it would have been good. It would have been kind of like him and Craig from Friday, because Craig yeah. is the fucking bigger, you know, like, I'll fuck you up guy. And Smokey's the loose, funny, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have worked just as well for that. Um, fucking any, anybody, literally, I feel like. I can't think of his point. fucking name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, 48 Hours. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Yeah. Nick, Nick Nolte and Chris, Chris Tucker. Like, yeah, that would have been. I think they wouldn't have done that because of 48 Hours. Yeah. I mean, you're just replacing Eddie Murphy at that and point. And as much as I love Chris Tucker, he is not Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So, you know. It's, they're two different comedy styles but uh um 95 man i would say jim carrey but then it kind of clashes because they're both so fucking they're so too silly yeah. Like, yeah you need like that serious you gotta like, have a straight uh, man straight man yeah. yeah um 
I'm sure Bruce Willis would have done it if Chris Tucker hadn't had the majority of the money. Mm-hmm. If they could afford a Bruce, he would have stepped in and made. Uh, I mean, they did it on Fifth Element. They well, were great. Well, I'm saying, though. It, oh, yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> well, they came out the same year. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably, hey, Bruce, I got a movie I'm making on my own. You want to come be in it? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> He was sick of them by that time. I just made $20 million off Fifth Element. I ain't doing shit for the rest of this year, buddy. <laughs> we keep talking about when this came out. So I ended up buying this because I'm like, it's a Chris Tucker movie. He doesn't have a whole lot of them. So I'm going to buy it because I think it'll... You can finish your whole Chris Chris Tucker library in like five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had to look this up because I didn't know for sure. But they started making DVDs in 1997. Did they? <laughs> yeah. This feels like the first DVD ever made. It has the worst menu, play menu that I've ever seen. And it's got TV. the same one, dude. I got one better. I'll do you one better, bro. The one I watched it on is mm-hmm. my Rush Hour 3 and that on an, on a, on two DVDs. <laughs> it's got the first two Rush Hours and then Rush Hour 3 and Money Talks on the other one. And that's <laughs> You know I why they do on. that? To save money? <laughs> no, to make money. So this, So Money Talks can make more money and get more... Like money sales. towards it. Yeah, sales. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, people are driving and are buying it for rush hour, but right. getting a kickback to uh, money I, talks. I loved the first two rush hours. The third one was kind of. Yeah, yeah, it was very like whatever. But I mean, I love the first one to death. The first one is by far the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and I think that's what's so great about Chris Tucker as an actor is, yes, he's hilarious. And yes, he's like keeping you entertained, but he does work well with some of the most like unlikely of people. Mm-hmm. Think of it like him and Bruce Willis. And you Fifth wouldn't Hellman. think Jackie Chan, him and Jackie Chan. You would not right? think in a like, million years the, that would the, work. The language barrier, everything, you know, but they find a way to make it fantastic. And they're mm-hmm. still good friends to this day. Like yeah. uh, Chris Tucker makes the joke during his stand up all the time. He's like, Jackie, call me right now. and said we're doing Rush Hour 4. I'm fucking there. <laughs> Like I'm in, I'm on a plane to China right now, um, but uh, and even in uh, Silver Linings Playbook, mm-hmm. he's great in that. He doesn't have a big part, but he's he's great in it. I need to rewatch that. I've only seen it the one time, but and Bradley Cooper can act too. So I mean, that's just another one that mm-hmm. like you know I feel like he's done. And if you ever, I don't, I know you probably haven't seen Dead Presidents, but no, I haven't. That is a fantastic movie. Is it? Yeah, he's good in that too. Um, but there's not one movie that I can think of that he's been in. In any, well, I mean, Jackie Brown, obviously, he's not in it very long, but yeah. any movie that he's in, the majority of it, like, I haven't seen that has been bad. Yeah. Like, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I guess you're you're not wrong. It is kind of a, uh, I mean, I hate to knock the guy because he stopped, you know, doing movies, really, because, you know, like you said, he got spiritual. Well, and, this is his, like, official last movie for, like, all the cussing and shit because yeah. uh, he found religion. Right. And... He just made so much money so fast that, like, he didn't need it like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that, you know, you work hard your whole life to get to that point. And he probably was like, man, shit, the, the movies will be there. Yeah. You know, I come back whenever I want. I'm Chris Tucker. I'm like, one of the funniest motherfuckers on earth. And, I mean, he still, when he does stand-up, he still packs out a house. I mean, the guy's very talented. It's yep. just like, it's kind of like a Rick Moranis type situation. Like, you're happy that he did what he needed to do for himself, but... You know, as a fan, it kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, you feel like you're missing out. Like you could right. be doing so much more now. Um, so to break into this crazy ass plot of a movie, guys, and like I said, this movie came out a while ago. So 
though I'm not worried anything about spoilers. If they you just, haven't seen this movie, obviously go watch it because that's what we do here. We review movies. But yeah, they really stretched, like you said, stretched the believability of this movie because this doesn't make sense at all. But it's almost like it makes it funnier on like uh like on a unintentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's just shit that he's doing that is so crazy, and he does, and he you would think that he's like gonna do the like the action movie thing and just mm-hmm. be like a fucking badass, but he he squeals like a fucking girl. It's the greatest <laughs> thing. <laughs> I loved him so much in this movie, but like. <laughs> So basically, Charlie Sheen is a uh, <laughs> reporter. A reporter. He like, snitches on him. The cops take him away. He gets arrested. Even and- when he's being arrested, like he's like, "Let me out and give you five dollars. Go for me five dollars." Hey uh, man, help a brother out, man. He's like, "Oh, that's how it is. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your ass when I get out of here." I love the uh, the jail cell. Scene. Oh my god, him and Faison love, dude. They should have done more together. There's a uh, there's a fun fact about this because it's a big worm. I mean, big worm, <laughs> right? Uh, the jail scene with Faison Love listening to Charlie Tucker explain his arrest was not originally scripted. <laughs> love visited Chris Tucker on set during filming the scene. The director expresses uncertainty of the writing scene which had another man chasing Chris Tucker around the cell. The director proposed that Love and Tucker do the scene. The two came up with the dialogue and movements. Before filming, it took 80 takes, 89 takes to finalize the scene due to uncontrollable laughter from the actors and director. Oh, yeah, because, like, they are good friends, you know? It was so funny. Um, (laughs) Dude, that's funny, though, that he's talking about him talking about being arrested was completely improvised because that's the the best part of the scene. I have fine amount finest hoes in the car with me and the cops were like get out of the car get out of the car i was like i ain't getting out of the car and the girls were like franklin <laughs> it face all love just like for real yeah, yeah. it's crazy yeah he's taking, taking his clothes his, off his buttons his pants and shit quit playing man <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps telling him the story he's trying to like grab him <laughs> he's like they put their hands on you <laughs> great scene yeah um I actually love that little scene. And the scene after it is like even better. Well, no, no, that, no. The scene after that is when they fire. Charlie Sheen gets fired because mm-hmm. his editor looks at the video of him framing Chris Tucker and he's like, this is dog shit. Why yeah. would you even bring this to me? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he fires him and then it goes back to him being transported to uh, the big jail, you know, not the holding or area. Or right. Whatever. And he gets fucking cuffed up with his fridge. <laughs> And I love it. He's just like, he's like, uh, he walking down and he's like, he's like, says something. He's like, what you here for? Some shit like that. And he's like, watch all, all, all. He's saying all this French shit. And he's like, well, be your fat, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's just like little things, man. Like when they're walking out to the bus and he like talks to the, he's like, walks past the cop. He's like, hey, let me borrow your gun. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, like, as much as I love Chris Tucker, this was coming so close to being almost too much Chris Tucker. You know what I mean? Like, every shot was just him, like, turning it up. And I was like, I'm almost getting sick of Chris Tucker. Like, he's so charismatic that I'm forgiving it. But he is riding that line. Well, I think it's good, too, because it's not a long movie. Like, you know, you you bounce through it, I feel like. But, Mm -hmm. um, like, I love it because I think he, like I said, I think he makes it so good yeah it's just a chris tucker skit show 
really is like is like they just turned like you said they just turned the camera on and he just did his thing yeah and if I had to say anything like, they there are certain points where it's kind of like all right like he ran too long on that joke or whatever right. but I feel like the people that were helping him make it were like you got to be smoky times ten like mm-hmm. they like because he uses so much of his catchphrases like you know well soon to be catchphrases you're right this is smoky basically and it's just like. Damn! You know all that, like he he does all that, and like the the head bob and the in the in the dancing and shit. Like I mean, it's all Chris Tucker staples now, right? But um, it just was the first time we all saw it all together like that, like right then, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I can see how you'd feel that way. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, like, I, I mean, there are so parts hard. on it, obviously that made me laugh. Um, I had Amelia, my daughter, with me in the living. She wasn't watching the movie with me because it's rated R or whatever, but like she was watching her tablet and I was laughing so hard that she was like, daddy, do you like this movie a lot? I was like, I love this movie. I was just like wiping tears from my eyes. Uh, So they get on the bus and he's like, yo man, we're going to the back. (laughs) And this French dude like suplexes him into the fucking first seat. And he's like, he's like, who the fuck you think you're doing? He's like, you better take your ass to the back. And he's like, He's like, you fucking stay here. And he's like, all right, all right, wait till we get off the bus. <laughs> wait till we get off the bus. And he's like, where are you from? That French part of Compton? <laughs> and he's like, you want to play rough? It, it even does the Tony Montana thing. Yeah, he dude. does. I care for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, the Frenchman is actually the head of. Yeah, the French jewel, cartel jewel thieves, I guess, uh, <laughs> international like, jewels, yeah. thieves slash smugglers mm-hmm. and, uh, all his buddies, you know, the one thing I noticed this time around that fucking explosive blew that bus in half, like destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have lived through that. Room. No, no, there's no way. Like the, the fire in the front of the bus was at the drive, like at the wheel. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, bro, everybody's dead on that. Yeah. I love how he hid behind the seat. Like it was going to protect them. <laughs> It was awful CGI, by the way. Oh, my when God. When they were sitting in that fire, I was like, that is, that's awful. It was still funny, though, to listen to him scream, like, do it, because he does, that's like another good, great thing in this movie. Like, his screams are so on point. Yeah. <laughs> the Chris Tucker I, I can't scream. even, I can't even hit Nobody that. Nobody can get that high, yeah. Know? And I love it, because they, they, they shoot all the guys, the prisoners that are on fire, and the, the, a couple cops or somehow aren't charbroiled mm-hmm. and they're running and he falls down <laughs> he just fucking falls like it looks so badass they just got out of this blown up bus and he just fucking falls <laughs> they hop in the helicopter and this is where we start getting to crazy like unexpected like this would never happen right i mean they're flying clearly enough over that like if he jumps out of this fucking helicopter you're you're goo you're liquid yeah, even if you're falling into water. Yeah, it's that glass should, at that height. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's still a great little scene, though, because, like, uh, the French guys are, like, because, of course, he's talking all that shit on the bus about how he's going to fuck him up, and then, you know, all that happens. <laughs> so the two French dudes are hugging his shit because they're, like, cool. I think they're brothers or whatever. And he's, like, all hugging him and shit, too. We made it, man. <laughs> we made it. And then they start talking about money, and he's talking about getting cut in. <laughs> Oh, because he hears seven million. He hears uh, fifteen million dollars right. in jag in a jaguar, and he's like fifteen million dollars. He's like, "Fuck me, you gotta cut a brother in on that shit, man." <laughs> he's like, "Look, look, this is how we'll do it: seven for you, 
Send for me. And then he turns to the guy that is the master, like the boss of the fucking thing. And he's like, you you get whatever's left because you've been having fucked up since I met you. <laughs> he takes the axe, slams it down, breaks, some, breaks the cuffs apart. Uh, I thought he would just cut his hand off. I thought he was like, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Cause like, I mean, movie, but right, yeah. I don't know how any axe is that sharp to just get through metal like in one fucking chop. It's not. <laughs> Again, uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're getting ready to kill him. So, of course, he jumps out of the helicopter from 3,000 feet in the air and uh, lands on the water perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then they, and then they shoot the water. And I saw Mistbusters, of course. That that wouldn't happen. Like a bullet could only. You go know what's like funny is far. I've I've always wondered that. I'm like I feel like the bullet would get to them, and then I saw MythBuster, so I I have to like let that go, even though a part of me like they shot a fifty want... cal into a fucking pool, dude, yeah. and it didn't do shit. Right. Like, yeah, it gets like to a foot, and then it dies. Yeah, I mean it's just inertia's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Bruce Lee was such a bad motherfucker, dude. Because be water. You know what I mean? <laughs> fluid because water is everywhere water can do anything like you can't box water bro um but yeah so uh you know they shoot into the ocean it's cold as a motherfucker (laughs) gets out um he call or uh he goes to a restaurant which oh right 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 he's he's eating he's eating like a cereal or oatmeal or something it does look like he's eating cereal uh and I cops love that the cops in. come in and then it comes shows on the TV that two <laughs> inmates escaped and they show his picture and he's like, I ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks back and they're both looking right at his ass. He runs and he's like, I'm gonna come out, but don't shoot me. <laughs> Which that's the fucked up part. Is like, I feel like that's exactly how the cops would have done. They would have. That's the thing is, I like they shot the ass. fuck up in that store. Well, they killed. They, they, I mean, they kill anybody, but they shot the shit out of. They store. ruined that store with yes. their bullets, just trying to kill this guy. It also looked like it was kind of like a half restaurant, half gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, damn, man, California is inventive, man. <laughs> but um, so he has a really cool little chase scene, even though like. And I just noticed it the last night when I watched it, but like those are got to be the two dumbest fucking cops ever. Why? First of all, they don't call for backup. Two, they empty fucking clips in a crowded restaurant full of people. They mm-hmm. would never do that. Yeah. They, would, they would try to get the guy on the ground and yada, yada, yada. Um, but then, dude, all he does is hang on to the back of a city bus, bro. Yeah, and they walk right by and there's it. tons of people in cars. You're going to tell me that they see two cops chasing somebody and they're not going to be like, beep, beep. Fuck, right there, bro. Turn around. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, they're really gonna let him go by. Yep, but it's, it still saves it because when it pans right before the scene ends, it shows Chris Tucker and he's literally doing this shit right here. Like he's making himself more invisible. Like it's fucking. I died laughing, bro. Like something about this movie. I think it's because I saw it when it first came out. Like I was, I was cleaning the North Side back. Probably then. because me, I. I probably saw it when I was a kid. I, I remember certain bits and pieces, but it is like the first time watching it. And it's like, this is such 90s cheese. Like the crazy thing is, is like, I saw this before I saw Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, I think the only thing I had seen him in other than this was fifth element mm-hmm. and dead presidents. And don't ask me how, how I saw him in dead presidents, but like, <laughs> Because I think my dad liked that movie or something. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
it cuts back to him calling Charlie Sheen, and he's like, he's like, come down here and help me out. So Charlie Sheen gets a gun, goes down to the to the harbor where he's at. You know what's crazy is he fell out of the helicopter right there, and then he fucking went to that place, and they came right back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't make phone. much sense. Well, because he pushes him in the water. Is that why? <laughs> I'm going to come back just so I can push him in the water. Why not? You ruined my fucking life today, bro. Yeah. I'm wanted for murder now. And it's a good, like, he does some actual acting. He's like, motherfucker. He's like, you ruined my fucking life. I wouldn't bother nobody hustling, minding my own fucking business. And now you, I'm in this shit. Yeah. And, uh. So what did they get him on anyway? Just for being a hustler? Like, he was just trying to get a story on some random guy? Well, he called and he's like, hey, this guy's down here ripping people off and selling illegal stolen goods and shit. Like, I think that's what they had him for, like. Moving stolen merchandise or some mm. shit like that. He had even feels been... like such a weak story to put on the news. But yeah, but like that's the that was the whole thing is like yeah. he was so sad that the because like, he even says he's like you're that silly ass news reporter from Channel Five. He's like it's Channel Twelve actually. Like, <laughs> um, and then I love that the that the news channel that is reporting on them through the whole movie is Channel Five. <laughs> Like that was the good news channel. Yeah, and, like yeah, yeah. he was working for the shitty news channel. Like that made it even better. Uh, so, you know, they talk it out, and uh, he's like, "Fucking water's freezing." He's like, "I know, I was in the motherfucker earlier." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Look, man, let me hide you out through the weekend, and I want a full exclusive, and I'll clear your name and shit like that." Which is, once again, like, bro, you're a reporter. How the fuck is that going to clear me of murder? And then that's what I was going to say. When they blew the bus up, they, for some reason, linked him with the fucking French guy. Like, they were in it together. Right. And so all the people that got killed in the bus, they blamed on him. Yeah, so he's a cop killer. Cop killer, mass murderer, pretty Mm -hmm. much at this point. And, um... He goes back to Charlie Sheen, and uh, Charlie Sheen wants him to like change his look. Like this he wants him to shave, take the earring out. Fucking crisp right here, man. Oh, but the reason I bring that up is because of the fun fact that's there. Chris Tucker was wearing a styrofoam hairpiece the entire film. Styrofoam. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he didn't change his hair. <laughs> was he bald? Like? I don't know. Oh. It doesn't give any information. It's just he was wearing a styrofoam hairpiece. He looked good. I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't I, tell. I, I'm never going to be able to not know that now, like when I watch this movie. <laughs> um, So he's taking a shower and he's like, and a commercial for Vic DeBo comes on. And at the time, you're like, oh, this right, is right, so right, fucking right. random, but like, it's still hilarious. Vic Damone, he, he, he won our hearts with his great singing. It's like an older Italian singer. They're like making fun of like um, Frank Sinatra or... Uh, Dean Martin, you know, kind of like that. Right. I don't know, man. Maybe Victor Moan's a real guy. I don't. I mean, yeah, I think there was a fun fact about that, actually. Oh, here. Paul Savino and Dan Marino, who Chris Tucker claims to be his father, actually went to school, the same school. Do you hear how you just read that? Mm. You said Paul Savino and Dan Marino. Did I say Dan Marino? You did. You said <laughs> Dan Marino. And I was just like. Where the fuck did he see Dan Marino on there? Vic Damone. Vic Damone. <laughs> Nothing like Dan Marino, but still hilarious. Anyways, so the it was like a, it's like one of those old commercials where it's right. like a lifetime or whatever. They're trying to sell like their whole discography, and you know they're kind of anybody buy those. I mean, my I'm grandparents sure. bought the shit out of them. Did like, they really? Had Will, they had Willie Nelson. Like, they had a bunch of stuff. Oh wow! And then when they got older, it became like all Christian music and stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah. Old people are like, that's what that was for. I see. 
Um, but it's like Vic Damona, he captured the world and would he marry Carol, uh, Carol Haskins or something like that. Uh, I'm thinking of the bitch from Tiger King. I forget. Carol Baskin. <laughs> I think it was, I think it's Carol Burnett, something like that. But like he married her and he's like, like Vic Damone. He's like, can't even say she only witch because he got money. Yeah. Taking all of our sisters. <laughs> yeah. Cause she was a black woman. Yeah. Uh, she only with him cause he got money. <laughs> That shit was too funny. So he comes out in like this fucking nice suit and shit. His hair and stuff's all done. He's shaved and looks clean. He's like, he's like, uh, what did he say? He's like, this your ride? He's like, yeah, that's my favorite fucking suit. He's like, don't get mad because I look better than you and your own shit. <laughs> like you fuck up the suit. We got a problem. Fuck the suit. We already got a problem. There's a little bit of cheese in that. Yeah. But I love that when they're in the car and he's just like, don't make me beat your ass, man, because I will beat your ass. Oh, and then he said the thing you said last on last episode, like, I'd be slapping people. I don't even know why I slap like, yeah, why I do that? I didn't even want to slap like that. <laughs> <laughs> they call me slapping pop because I'll slap and pop your ass in the mouth. That yeah. shit had me dying, man. Um, So they go... Uh, they go to his girlfriend's house. Oh, right, because there's a... Uh, she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and uh, he just wants to check in with her, make sure she's... Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. We're skipping over the engagement. Yeah, I was going to say, the they're having party. the engagement that party. That shit's hilarious, too. And I... You know what's funny about that is, like, they make it seem like Charlie Sheen and Heather Locklear are, like, 20, you know? And, like, she's still living with her parents and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, they're both, like, almost 40 in this movie. <laughs> So it's like, why are, why are you still living at home? Right. Like, clear? Like, and uh, he's just like, mom, dad, like, like, why do you give a fuck about these people's approval? Like, I mean, I get it. They're rich as shit, but uh, I don't know. Little things that, like I said, now that I well, watch so the nineties, they would take these like 30 years old, 30 year olds and make them be like high schoolers or early twenties. Just like didn't work. I don't think they were even trying. Though. No. Um, they just wanted famous actors. Yeah. Which, I mean, she don't do much in this movie, but she's okay, I guess. Um, he's like, whatever you do, he's like, we went here, or we went to this college, you graduated this, this, and this fraternity. He's like, fuck that shit, I'm me. <laughs> he's like, well, being you, it's going to get us both in jail or whatever. And he's like, he's like, whatever, man. He's like, whatever you do, don't say anything about my wife, my fiance's weight. She's oh, right. He's like, you got one of the big old Kentucky Fried Chicken eating, McDonald eating bitches, huh, man? <laughs> And it just turns out to be is that Lockley. is this where this phrase came from? Did he invent this phrase? Kentucky Fried Chicken eating motherfucker. No fat, eh fat. I mean, I would be willing to challenge somebody if they had heard it in a movie before this. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Yeah, because he walks up to her and she's like, "You're fat." Because the reason I say that is because if it was a catchphrase before, it wouldn't be so per- surprising. But if right. it was like the first time he said it, people well, and are I like, think it's like making fun of the fact that that's how fucking white these people are. Right, like, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? But I don't remember hearing that phrase very much. I'm sure it was in a song or something, but like, um, it's hilarious because, like, she's like, what? He's like, why did you tell me you have such a fat ass fiance? <laughs> Pretty hot and tempted. Yeah. So he meets Paul Servito, and of course, he's this rich Italian guy. And he's Which like, is great. He's great in this movie. Yeah, I love him. He's like, uh, He's like, what's your name? And he's like, Vic Damone Jr. So you're uh, Diane. Damn, man. I'm, I'm going to remember this lady's name. Yeah. 
Diane Carroll. There That's her go. name, Diane Carroll. He's like, so you're Vic Damone's kid and you're Diane Carroll's kid. And he's like, yeah, that's me. He's like, how are all, how's your dad? How is everybody? He's like, oh, my dad's good. He's like, still hanging out with Frank Sinatra Jr., Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I envy people that can like make up lies like this just on the spot. And- yeah, but see, the thing is, is it's not believable, but yeah. it's just so fucking funny and like right. outlandish that that's why it's great. Yeah. And, uh, Cause you could tell he clearly makes all these fucking people uncomfortable as shit, and like they're already having a stretch, having to believe that this guy went to fucking college with you. Cause Charlie Sheen has a branch in his ass. This movie, this whole movie. <laughs> yes. Um. All I can think of is like, Charlie, you said you would never do a movie like this, and he's like, "Let me tell you something, man. Cocaine and hookers cost a lot of money, right? And they're offering me ten million dollars to do this shit." And I still phoned it in. <laughs> but, it, you know, that shit, I feel like he was on fucking uh, Spin City at this time, wasn't he? Probably. Because I remember when Michael J. Fox couldn't do it no more, they, you know, they switched him out for a Charlie Sheen. That wasn't this. That was later, wasn't it? Well, Michael J. Fox was on the show, like, when it first came out. So mm-hmm. I don't know how many seasons or whatever he did. I remember he's not in a lot of it, though. No, I didn't keep up with Spin City, so I can't say. I've just always been a Michael J. Fox fan. Yeah. I love Back to the Future. It's like one of my favorite franchises right. of all time. <laughs> we'll probably end up doing it at some point. I hope not. What? <laughs> Don't make me start with the third one, bro. Start with the third I'll one. I'll start with the Wild West <laughs> and bring it back. And work your way back. And work my way back. And go back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> we will go back to the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a double, double meaning in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, like, I couldn't get over Charlie Sheen. I didn't like him in this movie, and he really, like, dragged it. Like, Chris Tucker, like you said, Chris Tucker's carrying it on his back, especially during these, like, wedding... I'm not going to let you just brush that off and keep what? moving. Why don't you like Back to the Future, bro? I think it's fine. 8.21 gigawatts! Like, how do you not like the great Scott Marty? I do like... I don't like it as much as everyone else. Like, it's a fine film. It's, like, put it on. It's entertaining. But it's not one of my favorite films of all time. I will say this, though. Since Rick and Morty has come out, it has kind of watered it down for me a tad bit. And I hate that because I love Rick and Morty, but I love Back to the Future. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know. um, Like, if it's on, I'm not going to be mad that it's on. But I'm not going to. Damn right you will be mad. We'll watch that, bitch. I don't care where it's at in the movie. We're watching it. We're finishing it off. And then we might go get two out and put it in. Anyways. Say, I couldn't just let you go on that. Yeah, yeah. Our fans needed to know that. Anyway, so yeah, so they leave the party. He's like, fuck this shit. My girl needs me and shit. I love how when he's in the office, he takes everything. Like, he's even going to steal the picture of Heather Locklear. It's (laughs) fucking great. And uh, so you go to the outside. He's like, I want to use you for sweeps week, man. Come on, I need you. Like, I promise I'll help you get out of, you know. And he's like, fuck that and fuck you i'm out of here get me a fucking cab and the two squad cars go by and he's like so tell me about the sweet sweet shit again <laughs> that, that they go see his girl and uh the cops are two guys that like play cops and everything i feel like uh or the old man he's from the breakfast club forget his name but He's he's the main guy. Oh, right, right, right. I just wanted that movie. I kept thinking there was this one guy in uh, Angel Heart that was just very large, very large. And when I keep you keep saying cops, I keep thinking back to him. But that was a different movie. So. So, yeah, you're right. Um, So they go back and he has a good little moment with the, with the fiance. And uh, 
also like when they're on the phone and she's like, you've been over at some girl's house. He's like, I ain't fucking nobody but you. Or he's like, I've been getting shot at running around this whole city. I got no time to get no pussy. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, I ain't fucking nobody but you. Yeah. Um, and it is another good part because it, it, he cuts all the bravado and all the bullshit. And he's just like honest with her for a second. Like, come on, baby. You know, I wouldn't do anything like that. I can't kill nobody. You know, like, I like that part. Like, it, it showed his character some depth other than just the jokes. Right. Um, it, it's in there a little bit. But uh, Kendra does that shit to me every once in a while. Like, I'll come home 10 minutes late from when I usually come home. Where the fuck have you been? She's at some whores? Yeah. You went through some whores? I'm not going to get pussy in 10 minutes. She's like, yeah, you can. <laughs> okay. She's like, motherfucker, I fucked you. I know how long it is. <laughs> You probably had time to fuck her twice before you came home. It's <laughs> oh, funny. Um, so yeah, and he's like, uh, he's like, how's the baby? You know, and this and that. And she's like, some guy named Carmine says he's gonna kill us. And he's like, I don't know the motherfucker twenty five thousand. I owe him seven thousand dollars. You owe some bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, clearly, he doesn't know how Vig works or the mob. But. Um, you know what's crazy is the guy that plays the mob boss. He's actually Spanish. He's the guy from Blood In, Blood Out. I've never seen that. Oh, that's a good one, man. Yeah, yeah, you should watch that one. Um, I was gonna say he doesn't look Italian. He definitely looks like a cartel boss. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I think he's been in like mob shit too. Right. But uh, so, anyways, yeah, he's uh, he plays the dude Carmine and. They get away from the cops. They got to run and shit. And after that, they that's when they go to uh, to try to track these guys down. He's like, look, the guys, the guy that broke us out had the stamp from this club where all these European motherfuckers hang out. He's like, this is where we. Oh, this. the camel. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this is our lead. And he's like, they go to knock on the door. He's like, I don't think they're going to let us in. And he's like, calm down. He's like, I'm kind of a celebrity. And he pulls out. He's like, hi. I'm James from 2012 News. He's like, you're the news reporter. And he's like, yes, I am. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he slams the fucking door in his face. And Chris Tucker just fucking lets it on his ass. It's great. <laughs> well, he sure knew who you were. <laughs> so then he calls it a, he calls it a bomb threat. And when the people run out, then she got a fat ass. It's great. And uh, they go to the, to the um they can hide out in a convenience store it's all shot to shit i just kept wondering why they kept getting the actors wet this time around i didn't think about it but you're right yeah he dumps he dumps him in the river then he dumps old boy in the river and then you know they shoot up the fire extinguisher or the the fire hydrant uh-huh. and then the, the bad guys are wet they're wet and, <laughs> and just like through the whole fucking movie it's like what would you just keep dunking these guys in water uh and he shoots the fucking and uh, shoots the poor uh, guy that owns the store because for some reason he lives above this fucking place. <laughs> but um, yeah, shoots the cameras, which they don't catch that shit. But like they see they they think that him and the reporter who does has no record, they think he killed the fucking store owner. Yeah, like, right. You know. But then you find out at the end. I thought that was just bad writing, but then you find out at the end that the fucking cop. The one that's like, like he's like, I'm trying to help you, Franklin. Like he's fucking dirty. Like, uh, he, he's like, I'm keeping the diamonds. Fuck right, these right, people. right. Um, oh yeah, that's right. I I do remember that. Yeah, they had to. They had to. And you know, the guy that was the the dickhead cop at first is actually the good cop, and mm-hmm. he gets fucking capped. He's like, you just killed my partner. 
with my with your own gun. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'm jumping ahead. But so they get away from them, and he's like, "Man, we need some guns, man." He's like, "Look." Only, only one he's like only two white he's like only two white people ever walked into this fucking place he goes you keep your mouth shut you'll be the first one to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> see this is a uh, one of the one times i remember this movie this like gun scene when they go in and get the oh, guns it's, like it's, it's almost the best scene of the movie i yeah, feel like because i love this character he's he does such a good job that guy is just a cold ass actor in general yeah he's been in like a ton of movies but um yeah, Ricky has got some great lines of this shit. So he bangs on the door, and the big fucking bodyguard standing there, and he's like, he's like, hey man, I'm here to see uh, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, yeah. That's right. He goes, I'm here to see Aaron. He's like, Aaron don't know you. He's like, yeah, I do. I was there when he shot uh, when he shot Big Luther in, in MacArthur Park. He's like, where he shoot him? In MacArthur Park, you dumb fuck. <laughs> where did he shoot him at? An ass, man. Everybody knows that. Let me in. He lets him in. He jumps at him. He's like, what I tell you, man? Stop playing, man. You know who I am. Let me in. Where Aaron at? They go to the back, and old boy's uh, like pretty much like a kingpin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they like grew up together, so it's it's a great dynamic because like this dude's a fucking stone-cold gangster. And, of course, Chris Tucker just fucking makes it hilarious. So he comes in, and they talk, and he's like, he's like, Franklin. He's like, Franklin Hatchet. What are you doing here? And he's like, he's like, hey man, I need to borrow some guns on on credit. And he's like, he's like, you know what happened last time? He's like, that wasn't my fault last time. Remember that was little Johnny and them that fucked the money up. He goes, well, you know, little Johnny's now invisible, Johnny. He's like, yeah, man, I know it's fucked up what you did. I went to the funeral. That shit was closed casket and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Still hilarious, bro. I fucking started dying crying, man. Like I was just laughing so hard. It was one of those times where my daughter looked over and was like, Daddy. Like, <laughs> Not that funny. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like, you just ain't paying attention. You don't know, like, explaining myself to my daughter. <laughs> but uh, by this point, she had put headphones on because she was tired of hearing me fucking like, uh, cackling like a hyena at this shit. Right. Because uh, I, like, I still had so much fun with it. Even with all of its flaws, like, I still had a lot of fun watching this movie. I get that. There's some movies from this era that I still go back to and I watch and I'm like, God, it's so much fun. Just that nostalgia trip. Like I said, nostalgia is real. Right. Uh, so he takes him in. He's like, who the fuck is this? And he's like, that's a little news reporter friend of mine. I don't even worry about it. He's helping me clear my name. <laughs> he's like, you bring a fucking gun. You bring a fucking reporter. You doing something about my lifestyle. Pulls out this big ass gun. Aaron, Aaron. He's like, how long we known each other? Since grade school, man. <laughs> Pity Pat. Pink boo. Red light, green light. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, pretty funny. Pity Pat. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And then they go in there and he's like, so you say you got problems, huh? You got a little bitty problems. And he puts a little little pea shooter in his pocket. You got big ass fucking problems. Uh, like, it's really cool because this dude's got a fucking armory in there. Mm-hmm. He's like, Aaron, I ain't trying to just break shit, but this shit too heavy, man. We're going to do a lot of running. I just need like one or two of these, three or four of these. <laughs> he keeps grabbing guns off while he's talking. And he's like. But just the disappointment in his face that he's yeah. grabbing little guns right. instead of this fucking artillery. <laughs> And then he starts like explaining like how fucking badass the gun is, and it's got a laser scope on it. And then fucking, this is one of the better Charlie Sheen lines. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's German made, it's compared to Chinese. Uh, it's got a bearing sight. It helps. He's like, you sure you ain't a fucking cop? <laughs> and he puts the beam right here on his head, and he's like, 
Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm not a fucking cop. I, I did a report on street weapons. Anyways, and then they go, he's like, Aaron, man, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. I'm going to get you this money as soon as I can. He's like, hey, Franklin, man, if you need me, give me a call. Yeah, because when they show back up in the movie, that's another part that I remembered again. Yeah. When they were sitting in the bleachers. It's fucking great, too. I was, I was like, I remember this. Hold this. <laughs> that was kind of nasty, though. Yeah. yeah. We're good friends, but I'm not going to hold that for you like that. Maybe like, you know, yeah, yeah, napkin yeah. or something. Anyways. So uh, they leave there, and then um, they, oh, where did they go? Doesn't he go back to the father so he can take him to the- Oh, uh, yeah, so he can get the diamonds. Yeah. And he's got to tell, I mean, that's what it is. Charlie Sheen wants to tell his fiance that he's not really, he didn't kill anybody, mm-hmm. obviously, or whatever, and not to worry and shit. But uh, Paul Servito, I guess they don't watch the fucking news at all. At all. In yeah. their house. And there's a newspaper sitting on the fucking table. It's his they, picture on it. Yeah. yeah it's gigantic. <laughs> and like, he doesn't even look at it. And he's like, what's in the paper? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> Flips over. Auto Expo. Convenient writing. Anyways. But, I love that he was going to make him this like fancy Italian breakfast. Dude, I feel really guilty that I didn't get this out earlier when they were at the engagement party. I have always, it's been a little dream of mine to fucking act like I'm going to give a serious heartfelt speech and just quote lyrics from a song (laughs) and like see if anybody calls me out on that shit because it's hilarious. He goes through Barry White's fucking my first, my last, my everything. Great bring back to the opening scene. Yeah. Which is also my favorite Barry White song too. That's probably why I like it so much. But he's like, you're his, you're his moon, you're his stars. You're so kind of wonderful. That's what you are. <laughs> and the mom of all people, she's like, is that Barry White? <laughs> so he's talking to the dad and the mom, and she, of course, doesn't fuck with him because she knows something ain't right about this fucking guy. And uh, he's like, and how's the mistress of the house this morning? She's like, I've never been anybody's mistress. I've only been with my husband. His first, his last, his everything. <laughs> And then, like, Paul Sabrina's like, come on, man, chill out. And she, like, leaves. And uh, he's he's like, excuse me. And he's like, you pissed her off. Like, <laughs> but I thought that Paul Servino was, like, the coolest fucking dad ever. Oh, 100%, movie. yeah. Rich as shit. Like. I, love this, I love him in this movie. Like, it's such a small part, but he does such, so much with it. When he says that, he's like, he's like, you want to eat breakfast? He's like, I'm fucking starving. He's like, I love some breakfast. <laughs> the lady, you know, you think she's just a maid and yeah. she goes out and he's like, oh, you're Italian. What am I saying? He's like, I want you to make up the mozzarella and it's, you know, makes it all like that. He's like, hell yeah. He's like, throw some of them Italian grits on there too. <laughs> he's like, thanks, ma. He's like, that's your mama? He's like, well, that's how you do it. Keep the rich and keep it in the family. <laughs> that is fucked up. You would have your mother wait up, bro. That dude clearly didn't need it. Like, could afford a actual, man, actual help. Maid. Yeah. And nobody kicks like mom, though. Dude, like, okay. So you, like, let her cook for you. She had the maid outfit on. <laughs> did you see those glasses? How did she see anything? That woman was legally blind. Yeah. <laughs> fucking terrible because with the first scene what really made me think about like what a fucking dick dude it's like there's three Rolls Royces parked next to each other and you just got mom cooking <laughs> and you got your fucking mother waiting on you bro that's all of like 90 years exactly. old exactly she looked like she was Italy the, the, yeah. the country like she's just that old <laughs> like stone and shit right um, so he, he talks him into taking him to uh, to the car show well he shows him the watches and he's like ah, two it's not brand good enough. fucking Rolexes yeah, badass yeah, yeah. 
He's, he's like, like, that's not good enough. He's like, man, this is a house and a house, man. He's like, who lives in this bed? He's like, just me and the wife. He's like, damn. He's like, let me a million dollars. <laughs> he's like, starts laughing. He's like, I'll just play it. Unless you go give it to me. But, uh, so he talks him into going to the show. And then, of course, Charlie Sheen catches him just in time to hear him say, we're going to go to the Oxpo. It's going to be, uh, the, the Expo. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And this is another great scene when they get there because, of course, he's looking for this Jaguar because he knows that's where the diamonds are. And then, of course, the guys that stole the diamonds who stashed them in the Jaguar are there to buy the car, too. So he makes it seem like these dudes are fucking with the dad, but it's really, of course, them because they are like, how the fuck is this guy alive? You know? (laughs) So he does this shit right here, like, you know? Yeah, a little. They're flicking each other off back and forth. It's very childish. Kill him. She's like, oh, 120000 to the man killing all the competition. Like, she was funny, too. She's been in stuff, too. But uh, I just remember laughing at that. And he's like, he's like, fuck me. Fuck you. And she's like, stiffen his arm to the competition or some <laughs> shit like that. And she's just trying to keep that shit bent. She's good at what her job is, man, because she jacked the car up or the price on that car a lot. Dude. Yeah. Um, but then I thought about it, like a 1951 Jaguar. And they gave some fuck up crazy backstory about it. Even then, for that car selling at one hundred fifty thousand was a great fucking deal. I was gonna say, yeah, it's pretty cheap. I feel like that car but would be worth like those, a half a mil now. But that's one of those like private auctions that you can only get to if like, you're like rich as fuck. Yeah, you have to be a, a somebody to be in there. That was another thing. Like he acted like it was fucking killing him, but like that fucking Mercedes that James Bond drove went yeah. for a half a mil, mm-hmm. and like he's like one hundred and fifty thousand. Fuck, I drove here in a Rolls Royce. God damn, like dude, you're out like this hundred fifty k is gonna kill you. Yeah. Uh, those Rolexes probably cost as much as that fucking I was gonna say, yeah. that car. Anyways, plot device. Uh, he leaves like, hey, I gotta use the bathroom. He's like, you gonna leave in the middle of this? <laughs> so he goes out there and he calls the cops. And uh, that's when uh, Charlie Sheen catches up to him. And this is Charlie Sheen's greatest line in this fucking movie. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing, Franklin? You're wanted for murder. And now thanks to you, I'm wanted for fucking murder. And he's like, he's like, man, cool out, man. Me and Pops are just chilling, looking at cars and shit, you know, just hanging out. Like, he's like, oh yeah, well I got J Dog on a fly trap, flossing with the posse. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, look, man, I don't want to fuck you up, but I'll fuck you up. <laughs> and then he fights him and he beats his ass. <laughs> it's like Charlie Sheen is not seeing any of these punches coming and then he goes for a punch for himself he dodges it and breaks his hand (laughs) and he goes to hit him again and he's just like you've been through enough (laughs) so of course he comes out just in time to catch like he's like like, these bastards won't budge and he looks at fuck him (laughs) yeah yeah Fuck him. $150,000, you know? And these jewel thieves who have millions of dollars to steal the diamonds or whatever, I guess that was their budget. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They go got a car budget. Can't go over 140, bro. <laughs> We're not making anything on this job. <laughs> I didn't understand why they had to have the car. They could have just, like, did what Chris Tucker did, just go into the showroom and... Well, like, see, I thought about that, but the only thing I could make it sense is, like, they only let people that bought the car back there. Well... Chris Tucker found his way back there somehow. Oh, because he bought the car, duh. Right. Well, he was with the motherfucker that bought the yeah. car. You know what I mean? I'm sure he bullshitted everybody like he does. Yeah. Um, it was good, though. They didn't 
take the time to explain it, even though that it probably would have helped mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but yeah, so he's following around. And then, of course, this dude just he's like, we got to go. The cops are coming. And then this is like 10 minutes after that. And then he just starts opening fire <laughs> in the fucking place. So you get a really cool car scene, which is uh, it's funny because, of course, Chris Tucker screaming and shit throughout the whole day. And then somehow turns into a performance driver mm-hmm. through it. But like I said, it's still great. It's still flawed. But still funny as shit. And then when the dude gets in like a twenty car pileup, <laughs> Chris Tucker, hey Frenchie, <laughs> <laughs> you know the great laugh and uh, flicks him off and rides off. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. Finally digs through it and finds the diamonds, millions of dollars of diamonds. And then of course, conveniently, the dude goes back inside, k- kidnaps Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Chris Tucker gets these diamonds and goes to get up his old lady. He's like, look, man, he's like, fuck all this. He's like, we go anywhere we want. She's like, I'm not going to have my child raised as a fucking fugitive. And he's like, she's like, this is wrong. And you know, he's like, this is right. This can't get no writer. <laughs> you, I mean, that's how we all would be, man. I was going to say, would you run? Yeah, you 15 would. Million? Fuck that shit. Like, I barely know this fucking guy. And he got me into all this shit. No. Yeah, you're dying, bro. Sorry. <laughs> don't care <laughs> like yeah they didn't do a good job of building up the uh the now if they would have took his lady instead of charlie sheen mm-hmm. then i think it would have been better because then it gives them a reason to bond or whatever oh you know how you do it you take heather locklear and you take her yep because now they're stuck together like i fucking hate you but like let's go save our ladies right then it would have been different mm-hmm. but uh him going back for charlie sheen just, just didn't, didn't feel authentic because like up to this point you're like bro these guys fucking hate each other he would have definitely left this guy to fucking yep. die um but and i think it's also a chance to show that chris tucker is a good person too like, yeah he's not completely he's a hustler, shitty but he's person. Not, yeah you know like i went back for him even though i could have said fucking and uh he calls the mob guys. He calls the old dude that he gets tickets from at the beginning of the movie, which oh, is right, right. smart. That old man helped him out a lot. I don't know what he had on him because like, he's talking like shit to him, gets him up in the middle of the night, all that. I was going to say, that guy pops up in oh, the most random movies. movies. Yeah. He's always like some weird-ass side character. Never plays like the main character. He's got a nice voice, though. Yeah. like a, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, So he goes up to the booth. And sets it up, and then he calls the mob guys. He's like, look, I'm going to pay you off tonight, which was genius, too, because he got all of his people that hated him together at once. Yeah. And then somehow convinced them to kill each other, <laughs> which is even That's better. That's what you do, yeah. Uh, so they tackle him, and they're beating the shit out of him, but he's like, he's like, I heard you just promised those diamonds to somebody else. He goes, man, fuck that guy, man. He's like, these are for us. This is for us. I'm going to pay you off, man. He said, He's like, you think $15 million of diamonds, you think that shit's easy? Knows you want them or not? Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, he's like uh, ten million. You just, he's like, well, I thought it was fifteen million. He's like, I'm getting something. Like, Do this shit for nothing. <laughs> Even being threatened to be killed, he still did it. Still like, hustling. Still great. He's like, you pay your boys to do their fucking thing, and he's like, we'll walk away from this shit. Well, of course, you know, as they walking away, he's like, man, what second we get the diamond, shoot that motherfucker in the head. Uh. So the French guys pulling it on a helicopter. They got unlimited helicopters. Yeah. It is. Like, they just had a helicopter pad on point. Really cool for shooting in California. You, get, you got to see the Coliseum, which is awesome, you know, uh, for any sports fans out there. And uh, 
so the mob guys start shooting it out with the French guys, and you know it's pretty much working in his favor. Yeah, everyone's killing each other. He keeps like planned. popping up on the jumbotron and pissing them off, mm-hmm. like hey, French, hey, you know. <laughs> and Charlie Sheen is steadily putting these grenades in the bottom foot of the fucking helicopter. That was the best thing he did in this whole fucking movie. That was <laughs> the smartest decision he ever fucking made. Um, he's like, you let my friend go, and I'll give you your diamonds. And, uh, so they find out that the guy, you know, obviously somebody's helping him from the booth. So they send the, the right hand man up there to, to kill, to kill Otto. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get the great Aaron cameo again. He pops back in and he's got a fucking rocket launcher. Yeah. It hits this dude from section 300. Just fucking. And then the bodyguard's got a fucking big old like assault rifle, and he's picking motherfuckers off too. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, and it lets you show that like that's their boy, like he was his friend, you know, even though he was cold blooded killer. Yeah, that's one of the parts I remembered from a kid because it's so comical. Yeah, to have like because they're so, they're in open like you could just look over and see them. Yeah, <laughs> like they weren't doing anything; they were just sitting there like they were there for the game. Right, like, right. That's what made it so great. It's so calm and collected. Mm-hmm. Hey. Do me a favor, hold this. <laughs> Takes a lollipop out, gives it to him. And then when he hits it with the rocket launcher, the bodyguard's laugh is so, like, kind of scary, but, like, great at the same time. And uh, so that's when you get, that's a good kill, too, to get the right hand guy in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's shooting shit with the Uzi and stuff. And uh, blows his ass up. And that's when the crooked cop shows up. Shoots him and shit. He's like, I didn't kill those people. He's like, I'm approving this and that. He's like, you killed my partner. He's like, and I'm going to take those diamonds. Like, of course you are. Well, then that guy gets knocked down the fucking stairs. Or shot, right? I think he gets, I think shot. He gets knocked out. Because he wakes up all bloodied. Oh, uh, so. yeah. I thought he got killed. Eventually. Right. But when he got knocked down the stairs, just... Oh. That's right, that's right. They have the big chase scene. Well, they get to, them, they get to the point where they're... Uh, he somehow gets Charlie Sheen. And they get to, like, the entrance of the stadium. And, like, that's when these guys are just, like, showing up to blow him away. Right. And they're standing behind the statue. And he's like, you got your diamonds. And he fucking chunks them, man. $15 million of diamonds. And all these dudes just say, fuck the shooting. We're getting the money. <laughs> They just start grabbing their shits. And uh, the French dude's like, fuck, man, we gotta go. Because the course of this time, the cops are coming and shit. Finally show up. Right. And uh, he's like, damn, he's gonna get away, man. And then that's when Charlie Sheen's like, nah. And then blows up the Frenchman. I was thinking, why is he still holding on to the pens? Just to show them later? Yeah. Are they just souvenirs? It's cool. <laughs> You, I'm sorry, have you blew up a helicopter with grenades? <laughs> you, know, well, you don't know how you would feel, would you? <laughs> it's just when he showed him, I was like, why do you still have those? <laughs> they were trying to pull a professional, is what it was. Oh, uh, yeah. I see. What's that? That's such a good fucking movie. I know. Um. So, yeah, uh, and then, you know, cuts to like a month or two later. And Charlie Sheen's getting married, and Chris Tucker's his best man at the wedding. Of course. And he gives him a ring, and he's like, this isn't the ring. And he's like, it's a gift. <laughs> How many of those diamonds did you keep? 
And he's like, enough. Now get married, man. And when he turns to the side, he's got these Allen Iverson, like, carrot fucking earrings. It's yeah. hilarious. And uh, he's like, fuck it. And then, of course, she's like, holy shit, look at the size of that thing. It's bigger than her hand, almost. So they get married, and uh, we get one more great, iconic laugh as Barry White plays into the credits, man. Fucking fantastic movie, man. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about watching it, and I just saw it last night. Right. It is quintessential 90s cheese, and it's... If I'm being a 100% movie reviewer honest with myself, yeah. like I just said... This movie has flaws. If I had to give it out of the par scale on like just as an objective, not a fan of like a lover of this movie, I probably gets like a five. Yeah. But on the par scale of like as a fucking Chris Tucker stand. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a nine all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like as a, a movie recommendation, it's hard to recommend. Like unless you're just in a 90s cheese mood. If you just want to laugh and have fun, like right. it's not a movie obviously to be taken serious. But, but if you want another Chris Tucker movie, like he brings it 110%. Yeah, if you if you love his style of comedy and and when he was killed, like when he was on his heyday, yeah. this is by far one of his best ones, I feel like. I I, I think so too. It's like he was more talented than this movie. Yeah. An offer, yeah. yeah, and that's what's crazy because, like, I don't know who the guy was that quit or whatever, but I mean, I'm assuming he didn't have a lot of pool or like wasn't a big name or whatever. Because I feel like with him at that point, like, if he would have had a more structured director, like, somebody was like, Look, bro, I know you're great, but like, let me let me find a way for you to show it, like, you don't have to take over, yeah, every scene. Like, we'll find a way to make it good. Right. He will get you help. You don't have to do everything. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that was the thing. Like, is he was like, look, it's got to be me because I'm the only motherfucker here that's doing anything worth the fuck. And I don't think old boy can handle it. You know? Yeah. That is the problem is you have like an actor that's well established and you're an up and coming director. How do you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's so weird because I just talked about it before the podcast, but. (laughs) Uh, I just watched that movie or the series, The Offer, about mm-hmm. making The Godfather, and right. I had no idea that the, the guy that produced that movie it was the first job in any movie he had ever had. Really, he walked, he saw, he he went to a movie with his girlfriend, and he was like, "This is what I want to do with my life." He's like, because he was looking around the movie theater, and people were just like, "You know how people get? Like, yeah, they're enthralled." You know, yeah. Um. And of course it takes place in the late sixties, early seventies. So that was like when movies were looked at as like an experience, you know, it's not like it is now where like everybody goes to the movies. Like it was like, you had to save up to do that shit. Yeah. You know, you did it like once every couple of months, not once a week. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's the, that's the era that this was made. And, um, it's show Francis Ford Coppola. He hadn't directed shit. Mm-hmm. He directed one movie, I think, before Godfather, or maybe he wasn't. Dementia 13. Either that, or like, it, he had just wrote a movie that did really well, and they were like, look, he'll do it, but he wants to direct. And they're like, oh shit, you know, because like, they didn't, nobody was rooting for him. So like, he had fucking Marlon Brando, who was the diva of fucking divas back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had James Caan, who he didn't want, because he's like, he's not even fucking Italian, like, which by the way, James Caan, rest in peace. Fucking kills the Godfather. I love Sonny. Sonny is my favorite fucking Corleone. Yes, 
I said that. But it's also a movie that they didn't think would be that big, probably. Well, that's the thing. It was like, and the mob was threatened to shut it down because they thought it was littered with mafia this, mafia that. And the funny thing was, is he told the mob guys like, hey, if you let me make this movie, I promise you will never say the word mafia once. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you do that for us? And he's like, for you guys? Absolutely. And he goes to fucking uh, Coppola and Mario Puzo because they wrote the screenplay together. This is why I think the movie is so fucking fantastic because the dude literally broke his book down into a movie and then had the fucking director do it who was also a fantastic writer. Mm -hmm. And they made it together. That's the they got their Oscars. They both got Oscars for adapting the screenplay. It was really good a show. It's very informational. Um but anyways, it was like that. And like they were like, How the fuck are you gonna get all these guys? He's like, Nobody knows who you are, bro. Right. And that's what I'm saying, like you have to have actors that believe mm-hmm. in the vision in what what you want the movie to be about. This guy probably shows up first day. Chris Tucker is riding high in life at the moment. Charlie Sheen is literally just there for the check. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got one guy that's killing it, knocking it out of the park, but he's doing it so much that it's making the other guy look like complete shit. Like, I can't put him this guy in the movie with you because you're fucking ruining it. Everything he's doing. And Chris Tucker's like, man, fuck you, bro. This movie sucks without me. And he's right. You know? Yep. And maybe that's why he was like, you know what, bro? You're the star. You got this. And just walk the fuck out. Probably a lot of what happened. Probably. It sounds like it. Uh, I was looking at the budget. It was uh, 25 million. I want to say. A lot of explosions and shit. Like (laughs) a lot of car crash. Yeah. You know, you always say that. Yeah. 25 million was the budget. And it grossed worldwide forty eight million. So yeah, that's surprising. But I remember it was like a big movie when it came. You know, I re- like I said, I remember seeing it when I was a kid, but I just don't remember the details. And I'm, and I'm telling you, fucking ninety seven was the year of of of, of Tucker, bro. Because he had all his hits, well, except for Friday. Friday came out in ninety five, but yeah, I I couldn't believe that. I was like, how the fuck did the Fifth Element this? <laughs> And fucking Jackie Brown all yeah. done in a year, dude. Well, we can close the book on Chris Tucker for now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really not much more to do. We're not going to do Rush Hour. Don't don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I'll do all three of them, sub bitches, back to back to back. Nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But uh, I do love Jackie Chan. I probably will do a Jackie Chan movie at some point. Would you do, like, his older films or his, like, Americanized films? I would do uh, my favorite one of all time. It's just uh, Legend of the Drunken Master. I was going to say that's my favorite. I love that fucking The remake, not the original. Oh, I like the original. I like the original, but I just, uh, they changed so much of it, dude. Like, it just doesn't feel like the same movie to me. Um, But, yeah, I love the one where he's dubbed over himself. Like those are my favorites when they went back and dubbed him in English with his voice. Yeah. Fucking rumble in the Bronx is the worst cheese ever. And it is one of my favorite movies. I'm always he kicks down. so much fucking ass, bro. I'm always down for some Jackie Chan. He fought the entire borough of Brooklyn in that movie. Yeah. Fucking up people. And he broke his foot in that jet ski seat in that water ski. He's seat. always hurting himself. That's Dude, not like every movie he hurts himself at least once. They said he's broken every bone in his body at least once. Yeah. That is fucking insane, dude. He's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Shout out to Jackie Chan, man. Yeah. Fucking true goat. Um, you know, what's cool. I just read about this too, is, uh, because they were talking about Chris Tucker. Um, you know, Jackie Chan just got an Oscar. 
like an honorary Oscar for what for a great like the overall spanning career. He's been in movies for forty years. That's true. And it was like a lifetime achievement award or whatever, but it's still an Oscar. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, his type of movies don't get that kind of look. But I thought that was cool of them to do that because Jackie is a goat. Yeah, he definitely is. Not just rush hours and stuff, but like he, he's a true like badass. You say Jackie Chan, everyone has a favorite movie of his. Right. Like it may be Shanghai Noon. It may be a Drunken Master. It may be Rush Hour, but he has so much out there. In my mind, there's only two people that have taken Kung Fu movies to even close to like where he's at. Obviously, Bruce Lee was the forefather. Jet Li. Yeah, Jet Li is the only other guy I yeah. can think of that's like right there with him as far as like. Yeah, there's fucking, a couple of under. Tony Jaw's a badass. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. The guys that did Raid Redemption, they're mm-hmm. fucking cool. Like, I mean, they're all badasses too. Um, Ung Bak, that guy. Is that Tony Jaw? Ung Bak, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's Tony, Tony Jaw. Ja. I'm thinking of the other one. Um, Raid Redemption, whoever that guy is. But like, yeah, there's a lot of like great kung fu or uh, but martial yeah, artists. But they didn't reach that level of success right. of them. So the I, I see what you're saying. And just the longevity. Well, Jet Li fell off. But I think he, he was. He retired. Yeah, he was making some. But the last movie he made, Hero, is beautiful. It's like one of the best movies he ever did. And it's based on a true story, and he fucking killed it, dude. Um, I might have to get you that one to watch, bro. I I know I because I was gonna say I don't think I've seen it. It's awesome, bro. It's mm. it's really cool. And like I said, he, he played a guy that was an actual martial arts master, and I think it's the style that he still studies to this day. I'm pretty sure. I mean, don't quote me on that, but like, it's it's a really good movie. I'll play. I I'll, I'll get it for you. Um. Yeah, we kind of went off on a Jackie Chan tram, but uh, so, you know, we gave our ratings and shit, but like I said, I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, it was fun. I didn't hate watching it. It's just, it's just that 90 che- 90s cheese. God. I had been working all weekend and it gave me the much needed laugh I yeah. needed. So, like I said, I had fun with it. Um, But I did watch, like, realize it. Because like I said, man, now that we do this, we've been doing this for a while, like... I don't watch movies the same way I used mm-hmm. to. So you judge them a lot harder. Yeah, not even harder. It's just like I, like some of the shit, the little shit that I used to just not even pay attention to. I would just right. let go. Like I, I don't do it anymore. Now I like I notice it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so like I said, it's not ruined it for me. It's just a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, still loved it. You know what I mean? Just, you know, it's, it's, it's a different love now. Like you said, it's a turn your ba- brain off and just have fun with it. Like it's not a good movie, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know me. So. But uh, I figured we'll stick. I'm going to stick on the uh, lesser known movies by popular directors. And we're going to finally get to this one. What you got for me, Greggles? We are going to be doing Inherent Vice. Hell yeah. You don't even need to give me this one. I own this. I fucking know. Thing. I just wanted to grab it just because uh, it's an awesome uh, cover. Oh, I know. I love the cut. Co- that's half the reason I my uh the wife bought it for me i think because i'm a sucker for these kind of covers i bought that movie at the dollar tree bro did you really before they became the dollar 25 tree see and that's what breaks my heart because paul thomas anderson has done some great films you know, punch drunk love magnolia like he has a lot of great movies but this I, one in particular people don't really talk about much. i don't say this a lot but i hate that adam sandler movie yeah I know you've told me. I think the only one I hate more than Punch Drunk Love is fucking Jack and Jill in Spanglish <laughs> and Bedtime Stories. I loved Punch Drunk Love. It was a great movie. 
it sucks because Philip Seymour Hoffman killed it. He did. Yeah. It's um, such a small part, but he I really... mean, it's like, it's like what we were talking about. Like that's what separates the great actors from the fucking goats. Mm-hmm. Like DiCaprio, Django Unchained. He's not in it, but 20, 50, maybe 15, 20 minutes. He fucking steals the movie almost. Um, yeah. Wouldn't, you know, like Pacino or not Pacino Pesci and fucking Goodfellas. Their part isn't the biggest, but they fucking bring so much swagger into it that it's like you can't take your eyes off of them, man. Right. And I feel like that's what he does for that. Agreed. But um, this one, Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, main star. So he kills it and everything. So I am actually looking forward to it. Yeah, it's just a it's a noir film, just a detective story. I'm thinking. I kept thinking that this was the one that was like about him being like a fucking cult leader. But I think that's called the, uh, it's called the master, mm. I think. So I don't think it's the same one, but. Uh, no, this one, he it. just plays a uh, a detective, I think, or retired. This one, I was always interested in seeing it. And I also wanted to see the, uh, you're not even here or. Yeah, I want to see saying? that. I want to see that too. Supposedly he just goes around beating people to death with hammer. Oh like, yeah. I, I want to see that. Is that the one he went super method for people thought there was something wrong with him, yes. but he was just dressed up yes. for a movie. It was actually promotional. I think it's like you were never really here or you're yeah, not yeah. even here. Something yeah, like that. Something along like, those lines. Yeah. It didn't do very well, but that was the last movie he did before he got Joker. Mm-hmm. So everybody was like, Oh no man. Joaquin is kind of fucking, you know, not doing well lately. You know, I mean, he's doing it, but like these movies he's been getting are shit. Like, yeah. Well, it's kind of like the whole Nicolas Cage thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. Joaquin is always like, he's like Nick Cage obviously makes these movies because he loves just being in movies. You know what I mean? And obviously he clearly needs money. Yeah. But uh, Joaquin just seems like the kind of guy like he could have 20 million in the bank. He's still going to live like a fucking... A, a regular ass like person. yeah I feel that way too you know what I mean like he's gonna get a house in a neighborhood that nobody's gonna bother him and he would just live there for 20 years like that's how I see him being and he's got money he doesn't need the money but he would only do something if he wants to can I just say I love Walt Card and I think he uh not, Johnny Cash movie not Walt Card what is it it's Ring of Fire Ring of Fire Walt Card is the comedy yeah 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 I meant Ring of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> it, wait. Well, sure? I know Walking Walk Hard is the fucking Dewey Cox movie. Okay. I know for sure. Uh, but walk the line. Walk the line. There, there it you is. Go. There it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Ring of Fire is a great song though. Yeah. Um, but he did. He kills that movie. So much justice for uh, Johnny. Cash. I don't usually like those kind of biopics. Yeah. But I love that movie. I feel like this new Elvis one, I feel like that's what they were trying so hard. I heard it's good. Do. I heard it's good. I heard he kills it. And it actually touches on the one thing that I had a problem with is how he took music from mm. black culture. So I appreciate the film for doing it. But I still fucking hate Elvis. Like, even if you bring all his, like, uh, issues. I thought the kid they got to play him looked a lot like him when he was younger. Well, yeah, that's what they're saying is he, like, nailed it. Yeah. I wonder if he does any of the singing. I think Joaquin so. did the singing. I think he does, actually. That's another reason why Joaquin gets a check for that one. And the gyrates. <laughs> I mean, he, he looks the book. Like I said, I saw the trailer and I was like, I'm like you. I don't really care. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, quite a big Elvis hater, but I don't really like him either. Yeah. Um, 
I think he, the the legend and conspiracy theories around him are cooler than him. Right. You know what I mean, I just I just can't stand him. Um, and he always had like the baddest ass nickname, the King of Rock and Roll. Like that's fucking cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then Michael Jackson became the King of Pop. You know what I mean, I want to be the King of something. You will be the King of Par. The King of Par. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Did you see the trailer for uh, John Wick Four? What with him just playing with a puppy? It's gonna get cold. Somebody just buy this guy another fucking dog. <laughs> Supposedly, this is gonna be the last one, but we'll see. Man, that miss is gonna make three hundred fucking million dollars, and there's gonna be John Wick Five. We're gonna be here two years from now talking about. Can you believe they're doing John Wick Five? Yeah, you're probably you're not wrong, but I'm excited. I don't know, man. I, I thought Bill and Four was a bad idea, but like. You know, he's doing Matrix 7 next. Like, this guy's like, you know, he's he's really killing these franchises. All yeah, yeah, he establishes right. these IPs and then just drains them. Did you, uh, did you watch the new Matrix? Yeah, I told you I watched it. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm waiting on you to see really? it so I can talk about it. Huh. <laughs> Give you five words to describe it. Five words? Five words. <sighs> now nah, three. Three. Three words? You, you would ruin it in five. <laughs> I give you three. <laughs> I give you three. Oh fuck, three. Is that one of the words? Fuck. No. <laughs> Am I talking about like my review of the film? Like, just if like I had you to, had to re- think of three words to describe this movie. If you only had three words to tell me to describe this movie, what would it be? Rehashing, boring, and slash interesting. I could take that. Yeah. Like there are, I'm there gonna are, see it regardless. We both know this, but like. right. But there are some things in there that I it does that I actually find interesting. But as a whole, okay. So I asked you before, um, did you watch, um, Nope yet? Because me and the wife went and saw it, watched Nope, and I have mixed feelings about Peel's movies. Mm. So he loves to throw a lot of symbolism, a lot of you know, right. uh, talking on current culture and everything like that. <coughs> And the one thing that I noticed is he's too busy trying to fill these movies with all this symbolism that I think he forgets to make like a good, compelling movie. You know what I mean? Like us. It's like us was pretty good. It was half and half for me. But this new one, I was so busy (coughs) focusing in on what he's trying to say instead of just enjoying the movie. Right. So no spoilers or anything like that, but that's the one thing that I'm noticing about him is he's too focused on trying to say something. Hmm? They're really aliens, though. It just came out. I'm not going to spoil it. I'll tell you after the podcast. (laughs) I just don't want anybody else getting spoiled. I mean, he ain't paying our bills, bro. Fuck him. Tell people. You just don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck his movie. I like the other guy better. (laughs) Keegan. No Keegan guy. Um, But I don't have anything else, so. Yeah, man. Uh, So next week we're doing it here in Vice. Yep, until then. Later, y'all. Later.